Every mind matters, and it's time to start the conversation on Mind Over Matters. We're your hosts, Addison and Jesse, and we're here to dive into the complex and often misunderstood world of mental health. Today we are here with Josh Novick, a high school trauma interventionist and school counselor. We are thrilled to talk about his experience, approaches, and techniques in the field and how he assists others manage their trauma. Thank you so much for taking time to come talk to us. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your various roles and positions and what inspired you to pursue this career? Absolutely. So first off, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Josh Novick. I'm a trauma therapist and a school counselor. And I originally started out to be a social studies teacher. I wanted to be a regular social studies teacher and teach a push and worry about AP world history and write lesson plans and do all that good stuff and in my very first job I was on the west side of Chicago and my students were experiencing a lot of trauma every day and they were having a really hard time focusing on any of my lesson plans and it really made me think about what I was doing and the purpose of the school that it existed for those students. So it was really early on that I found out I wanted to go back and learn how to be a therapist so that I could help them get into a better place so that when they did walk into the classroom, they were able to learn and ready to grasp information, whereas before they were just trying to survive. Yeah. No, that definitely. I had no idea about the yeah, that's really social studies. Yeah. So were you actually a teacher? I you was were, actually you had a like teacher. A so I went to Indiana University, mm -hmm. and my bachelor's degree was in social studies education. Oh, wow. And I became a licensed social studies teacher for grades 7 to 12 <laughs> in Illinois, Indiana, and New York. Oh. And one of my friends who I met at Indiana University said, hey, I work at this charter school in Chicago. I think you'd be a really good fit. It's an urban area that's a very high needs area. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was still looking for a job in New York. And so I took the leap of faith and I moved to Chicago and started on the west side. And yeah, I was actually a social studies teacher in the classroom trying to teach lessons about American history and psychology and sociology to students who just unfortunately, because of what they were going through, could not care less yeah. about U.S. history yeah. and world history. And you know what? I didn't blame them for that. Yeah, for sure. And that is when I realized that I was in over my head and I wanted to get some real training and some real experience. And that's when I went and became a school counselor. So from that training, um, what approaches or techniques do you use when working with like individuals from the West Side and also nowadays in like the North Shore who have experienced trauma or need that extra support? Great question. So it's really individualized, um, but I will say as I've gotten older and a little bit more experienced, I use less of like CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So I used to use this thing called trauma-focused CBT, where it's all about working through your thoughts and how those play into your emotions and your behaviors. I still stand by that. I think it's a great program, but the older that I've gotten, the more I've realized that people experience and trauma have a really hard time even accessing some of those parts of their brain. 
So as I've progressed in my career, I've learned that it's really about bringing the body to homeostasis and addressing our senses and addressing our bodily sensations in addition to what's going on inside our brain and that we're more than just our thoughts. What are some specific ways that like a person who's in a crisis can address those sensory or sensational issues? Yeah, so one of the most popular methods that is recommended to people is called 54321. You may have heard of it. And basically what you do is you go through your senses and you identify five things that you can see and then four things that you can hear and then three things that you can smell and perhaps two things that you can touch and one thing that you can taste. And depending on your circumstances, you can change up which is five, four, three, mm -hmm. and two, and one. Um, but the idea behind that is when we're paying attention to our senses, we're paying attention to our body mm -hmm. and we're really tuning into how we're feeling. Yeah. So what are some of the most common things that you see on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's here or back on the west side, just like all the time? Students, so I work with students primarily, and mm -hmm. students who are experiencing PTSD oftentimes are labeled, can get labeled as troublemaker or attendance issues or avoidant or lazy, and that's what I see all the time. And I see some of the effects of trauma on our students being um, mislabeled and misdiagnosed. Um, so for example, a lot of, I've worked with a few students who would describe themselves as lazy um, because they have a hard time completing assignments. But the more that we work together, the more we realize that it's not what we would call quote unquote laziness, but there's certain cognitive distortions and anxiety and certain processes going on inside of them that is preventing them from completing that assignment. So yeah. it's really not laziness at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely like a good um, way to look at things, half glass full. Yes. Um, how would you ensure a safe and supportive environment for those individuals when they were going through such a difficult time at school, especially, like, which obviously cannot be a safe space for those people? So the hardest part of my job, and especially when I was on the west side of the city, um, is that you can't guarantee a safe space, and that's really hard. Um, but what you can do is you can provide a safe space, and you can invite people into that. And so you can create a empathetic listening, you know, where you just open yourself up to a non-judgmental way, and you invite people in to speak with you, and you hope that you can create a safe space, but ultimately it's up to that individual to decide if they feel safe in that space. Um, some of the things I would suggest to help encourage that is little things like having um, toys if you're working with young children or having different things to work with your sensations as we spoke about before. So for example, I always keep ice packs in my office. Ice packs are really, can be really helpful. It's a silly, very simple little thing, whereas if you just hold some ice packs in your hand, it can really help regulate your nervous system. So just small things like that can create a really welcoming space. 
And how or do you even collaborate with other professionals like a psychologist or other social workers during the process? Yeah, absolutely. So mental health does not exist in a vacuum and it does not exist in a bubble. Um, I think one of the most important things we do as either school counselors or trauma therapists or even just a parent trying to navigate this or a teenager is work with our support systems. Okay, no one is in no one has all the answers. No one has a magic eight ball that has every single possible solution in it. So what I always recommend is I work, I've always say use your community. No matter what that looks like, use your community. So some of us that's our school, some of us that's our family, some of us it's our club, our sport, whatever that looks like to you, I would say leverage those relationships. And professionally, yes, I work hand in hand with some really great psychologists, with some great 504 coordinators, um, with some great psychiatrists, and plenty of other people that are really trying to you know, better our society. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what is your personal approach to self-care and managing the emotional impact that, like, or is there an emotional impact on yourself hearing, like, these stories or the troubles that your students face when working with these individuals? Yeah, there absolutely is an effect of trauma on anyone who's going to be listening to those stories and being in that role, yourselves included, honestly. Um, and so we call that vicarious trauma. And vicarious trauma is any trauma that you experience through someone else. And so I am one of the ways in which I prevent from vicarious trauma affecting my day to day is that I'm highly aware of it. And I don't ever pretend that it doesn't exist. And so the most important thing I do is I say I am at risk for vicarious trauma. I'm aware of that. And it's something that I'm very strategic about so that um, I don't become uh, unable to help others. Because if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be able to be in the best position to help others. Some of those things for myself include therapy. I go to individual therapy weekly. Um, and I actually wanted to mention this because I, while I highly recommend weekly therapy, it can look so different for so many different people. I would recommend group therapy. I would recommend individual therapy. Something I'm trying out right now with my therapist is we're walking and talking. Mm -hmm. So that way we get to shake up the cobwebs mm -hmm. a little bit and I get a little exercise while we're going through our therapeutic process. Mm -hmm. So therapy can look different for mm -hmm. everyone, but I really highly recommend it in my own bias view. No, that Me too. Makes sense. <laughs> Definitely. Um, especially after... 4th of July last year and the incident that happened April or May at Highland Park. What do you think schools could be doing better to assist the students? Obviously so many kids are like dealing with PTSD from it. Yeah, absolutely. So it was in April, um, and it was definitely a hard time in the district. And I, I want to be clear that I think the district has done a lot of really great things. Um, and of course, there's always more work to be done. And so I think some of the things that districts in general can do to support students is provide the sense of community like we were talking about earlier. Um, so that's you know having the clubs, having the activities, creating a welcoming atmosphere 
where students want to be in the building and they want to come to school. Um, not necessarily because they're the most popular student in the school, but because they have one person that they can identify that they trust in the building. Ultimately, districts, if they can get it so that every student has one trusted adult in the building, that would be a really good place to be. Um, and I think schools can do that by increasing community, um, by providing spaces very similar to the spaces that You Are Enough has so generously um, created. I think creating opportunities for students to come together, um, to speak about their own um, unique experiences, but also shared experiences is really important. Um, yeah, and I, I think the school did quite a bit of that, and I think every district in the country could stand to do more of that. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, do you think that there's an effect of these students that's not necessarily on like the counselors, but from like a teacher perspective? And like, can you elaborate on that? Like, I know that there's been a lot of talk of like mental, like teachers' mental health versus students' mental health. Like, maybe just from a, a school staff perspective. Yeah. So I think that's a really complicated uh, question. Yeah. Um, because first off, all staff are human beings, and all teachers are human beings as well. So of course, all of our teachers, just like any other human beings, are susceptible to mental health challenges and issues and vicarious trauma. Just like we talked about. Um, so there's that. Then we also have the idea of uh, teachers have expectations and have certain guidelines that they're hoping their students live up to. And a lot of oftentimes we see trauma interrupt students' ability to meet those goals or to um, do whatever it is that that teacher is looking for. And that can sometimes create some challenges between the student and the teacher. So myself, as a trauma interventionist, my main role is getting teachers to understand how trauma affects students, mm -hmm. while also getting students to understand <laughs> how trauma affects them. Mm -hmm. Because if you have someone sitting in front of you that you know is not in an emotional place to learn, you are going to hopefully approach that individual very differently than you know someone who, if they're ready and emotionally ready to learn and be in that place, that education it's hard, yeah. and so you really need to be in a right spot to learn. For sure. So yeah, I guess my best answer is try and get teachers to understand that there's a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed an increase in student mental health struggles after the COVID-19 pandemic? I will say that COVID was a collective trauma. And so it affected all of us in very different ways, but to minimize how it affected us would, I think, in my personal opinion, be a little ignorant um, because the entire world experienced a collective trauma. And in some way, shape, or form, everyone in this world was affected. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps maybe one of us didn't lose a family member or even have COVID. We all have that shared experience. Um, so yes, unfortunately, I will share that my caseload has 
continually increased since COVID has occurred. Um, but I also think that's twofold. I think COVID had a really um, silver lining, if you will, in that it allowed a lot of people to seek mental health support in a new way, um, digitally and virtually, that really didn't exist before. Um, you know, there were a couple providers that did telehealth mm -hmm. for therapy, but it didn't really occur. Um, now, post-COVID, there are entire practices that operate virtually. And for some people, that's the difference between them being in therapy and not being in therapy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, I would say there's definitely been an increase in our collective trauma since COVID. For sure. Um, the last question is just kind of like more non-related but um what have you like how do you spend your time over the summer like aside from school are you still like seeing the students that you meet with during the school year um do you check in with them like, so do you volunteer I, that's a great question <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> so i um I still have my private clients, mm -hmm. which I see throughout the year, um, and I was also fortunate enough to be able to volunteer um, this past July 4th for the Remembrance Walk and Memorial Ceremony um, at Highland Park. So I was a member of the crisis response team, and basically there was a number of social workers and counselors who were assigned to help with the planning um, process to make sure that it was as trauma-informed as possible within reason and then to be on site to help support individuals um, throughout that day um, so I have found some ways to volunteer I have found some ways to give back um, but honestly if we're being truly transparent I really am taking the advantage of the summer to relax um, do some reflection um, my life has changed pretty drastically since July 4th 2022 and so I'm really using some of this opportunity of this summer to to think about what that means to me and um, make the most meaning out of it. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much again for joining us. We really appreciate your time. And for the listeners, we hope that Josh's insights have shed light on the importance of healing and support in the face of trauma. So thank you again. Yeah. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. Remember, seeking help for mental health is a sign of strength. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out for support. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24-7 to call or text at 988. You are enough, you are not alone, and help is available. Take care of yourself and each other. Until next time, this has been Mind Over Matters. Thanks for tuning in.